You're listening to the weekly partial podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah B'Shem Yisrael 5783, 2023. This week's Parshas Parshas Pinchas. As I mentioned last week, Parshas Pinchas is the first Parsha. Chukas is the completion. 16 years, Baruch Hashem, that I've been doing these podcasts. And once a year, I, I make a pitch. I ask you guys to pitch in. And actually, this week, I'd like to direct you to arigoldweg.com slash new album. I am in the process of creating a an acapella album, songs that sound like voices that are in consonance with the three weeks, slow songs, songs that have to do with Churban Beis Hamikdash, the destruction of the temple, hopefully the rebuilding of the temple. And I'd like to encourage you to go there and to help out the crowdfunding, arigoldweg.com slash new album. In celebration of 16 years of these podcasts and in celebration of trying to contribute to Kalal Yisrael and to, to help out the Jewish people in any way that we can, you can take part in that. Join me in inspiring many Jews. Now let's get to the Parsha. The Parsha. So in our Parsha, we have two concepts. There's many concepts, but two concepts that are side by side in the Parsha. And within these two concepts, we, we have a very powerful and deep, important lesson that we can all take home. The Pasuk tells us about the counting of the Jewish people. This counting was important. We always find that Hashem counts the Jewish people. He wants to know how many Jews there are. He wants us to know how many we are. The importance of every individual. And they did this as they were about to enter the land of Israel. Says the verse, there was not a single person, or literally a single man, left from the original counting of Moshe, when they left Egypt, they were counted. There was not a single man left from that original counting. This is at the end of chapter 26, verses uh, 63, 64, 65. Hashem had told them that they would all die in the wilderness because of the sin that occurred on Tishabav, which is coming up which was the sin of listening to the spies who had spoken negatively of the land of Israel. Only two men were left of all of those men, of all those people. Just Yoshua, who had come in, was the, and Kalev, the two spies who spoke positively of the land of Israel. Now, immediately after that, the verse tells us, Vatikravnas, the beginning of chapter 27, Verse 1. Pasuk tells us about the daughters of Tzalafchad. That they came and they wanted to have a portion of the land of Israel. Their father Tzalafchad had died. And he had had only five daughters. He had no sons. It tells us who he was. It was Tzlavchad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilad, the son of Machir, the son of Menashe. Fifth generation to Menashe, the son of Yosef HaTzadik. Sixth generation from Joseph. And it tells us their names. And they requested of Moshe Rabbeinu that they should not, their family shouldn't lose out. Just because they had only daughters, why should their family lose out having a portion for them in the land of Israel? And indeed, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know the answer to their question immediately. 
he went to ask Hashem, Hashem responded and said, they are correct. These ladies are correct. They should not lose out. They have a tremendous love for Eretz Yisrael. They have a tremendous love to, for the land, to live in the land. They want a portion in the land. They should not lose out. So I'd like to learn with you some Midrashim here. The very beautiful Midrashim. And what what was the, you know, you know me, you know what I like to talk about. This is Eretz Yisrael. Here we are. I want you all get, you know, I want everyone to, to be here. I want everyone to be Yerish, the land. To come and inherit this land. It's our land. <clears throat> but what is the deeper understanding of the specialness of these these women? What did they understand that, as we'll see, certain others did not understand? Says the Medrash, these daughters of Tzlavchad came close. That generation, which really refers to, well, as we'll see, two different parts, the beginning of the wilderness and the end of the wilderness. The women, the women of that time were very strong. They were very powerful spiritually. They fixed things that men broke. What does it mean? Shekinat might say, the first place that we see that is a classic thing. We find, in regards to the Egel Hazav, the, the golden calf, the sin of the golden calf, which yesterday was Shavasa Batamas, that was the day of the sin of the golden calf. What happened on that day? Aaron said to the, to the men, take your wives' earrings, take the gold and bring it to me. The women defied their husbands. They did not agree to give their gold for this idol. It says it in male, the, the language is that they took off their earrings. The men took off their earrings, not the women. The Avera, the sin, the Pirza that the men did, the women did not allow. They defied the men. They didn't listen. They didn't get involved in this terrible sin. Here's a Chiddush. Maybe you've heard this before, maybe you haven't. I don't remember hearing this before. When it came to the sin of the Maraglim, when it came to the sin of the spies, right? They they spoke negatively of the land and the meaning the spies, and they came and caused the entire congregation to complain. They said the the Jewish people said we can't go, we can't we can't succeed. We can't conquer the land. The women were not part of this. They did not agree to that which the Miraglim, the, the spies, had said. How do we know? Right here in our parsha, right before the story of the Benayis Tzalavchad, it says, as we read, no man was left, as we mentioned. No man was left. No man survived, but the women did. Why? Why did the men die? Because they didn't want to come into the land of Israel. But we see the contrast between the men who didn't come in and the women who had a special love and affinity for the land of Israel. They, they were so anxious that they shouldn't be left out of having an inheritance in the land of Israel. 
That's why these two concepts are written right next to each other. The concept of the fact that all of these people died because of the sin of listening to the Raglim. And right next to that it says that the Benoz Tzalafah, the daughters of Tzalafah, came and requested that they should have their portion. They showed their love for the land of Israel to show us, to teach us that the women were not part of this mistake, of this terrible sin, of of speaking negatively and believing the negative words about the land of Israel. The women didn't take part in that. Amazing thing. What I want to understand, what is the difference? How come the men made this mistake? And why did the women not make this mistake? What was the difference between the men and the women? Before we answer this question, I'd like to read another piece in the Medrash. That's the end of that piece in the Medrash. We're going to read a, a second piece, and then the third piece will see the answer to this question of what was the difference between the men and the women. Another thing, another important idea. The Pasuk tells us who they were. They were from Tzlavchad. It gives us their whole lineage, going all the way back to Machir, the son of Menashe, Menashe, the son of Yosef, what a what a praise. We see the incredible love that the great, 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 great grandchildren of Yosef had for the land of Israel. How important it was to them. And it's a praise to them, it's a praise to their fathers, a praise to their grandfather, their great grandfather, their great great grandfather. That such wise and righteous daughters came from these people. Mechachmasan. Shalafisha Dibru. What was the wisdom here? The wisdom was that they knew the right moment to speak. At this very moment, Moshe mentions and talks about the fact that these are the ones, the ones who were just counted, are going to receive a portion of the land of Israel. At that moment, which is a time, you know, you have to know if you want something, sometimes you got to hit the right moment. you got to speak about it at the right time. At a time when people are open to receive your words. Moshe Rabbeinu is talking about uh, splitting up the land amongst the tribes. That's the right time. They had the wisdom to understand that. This is the time to make this request. They wanted their family to have a portion of the land. So they said, look, if we are considered like sons, so then meaning our father didn't have a son, but maybe in such a case, we should be considered like a son. We should be able to get it. And if not, so then let our mother do yibum, let her do the leveret marriage, and in so doing, uh, our portion will not be lost. So, Moshe immediately brought their their question in front of Hashem. There was a, it was a Wise question. It was an appropriate question at the right moment. And we said that they were righteous. Why? Very interesting. They waited. They only allowed themselves to marry someone who was correct for them. They waited. They were at least... Tzlavcha died at the beginning of the 40 years and they were all around the age of at least 40. What they waited... And they depended, as the Mephorshim say, on a nace. Because how are they going to have children? They're, they're on in years. 
ולמה זימנה נקדוש ברוך הוא למשה באחרונה? שלא יראה משה עצמא שפורש מן האיש ארבע שנה. So here actually, the measure starts to give us a hint, a hint to the contrast, as we're going to see, there's a contrast between משה רבינו, מוזס, and the בנאי סולפחד. I mean, if you think about it, Moshe is not able to enter the land of Israel. These women are entering the land of Israel. Moshe was pulled along in the sin of the spies in a certain sense. And as a result of it, he wasn't able to bring the Jewish people into the land of Israel. But these women were going into Israel and they were going to inherit in the land of Israel. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu, there was a certain thing that he had, a certain good thing that he had done. Look, Moshe Rabbeinu, for 40 years he was in the Midbar, so he had separated himself from his wife. And the reason was, because he had to be ready at any moment for a nevuah, for prophecy to come from Hashem. He was constantly having prophecy, and therefore he wasn't allowed to be with his wife. So he had separated himself, based on the instruction of Hashem, from his wife. So he might have thought, look, I'm, I'm a holy person. I'm a chashav person. These women had waited because they weren't sure what to do as far as their nachla, as far as their inheritance. Interesting. They waited to get married and they waited until this moment to even say anything about the nachla, about their inheritance in the land of Israel. They waited a whole 40 years in two aspects, in two respects. First, they waited as far as getting their nachla, and second of all, they waited as far as who should they marry. They didn't know what to do. And they would be instructed to marry men only from their tribe, so that it would stay within their tribe, this portion. Which is what they ended up doing. So Moshe Rabbeinu, he separated from his wife for 40 years, did something very good, as he was supposed to do, but they also did it. Don't think... This is an interesting thing, because Moshe is the Anav Mikol Adam. He's the most humble, so really, it seems to be a message for us. We need to understand what the message is. But don't think, Moshe Rabbeinu, as it were, that you did such an amazing thing, nobody else ever did such a thing. These women also did not get married yet. They waited for the right moment in order to marry the correct person. They also have this tzidkus. They also have this righteousness. Now, the next medrash. So I just want to point out one thing from this from this thing. That Moshe, I'm sorry that that the daughters of Tzilavchod, they took after their great 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 grandfather Yosef, said to the other tribes. He said, "Promise me that you'll bury me in the land of Israel." And he showed a love. He, he wanted his bones to be buried in Israel, and they are indeed buried in Shechem. Today you could go to his grave, to Yosef's grave, and Menashe and Ephraim's grave. They're all buried together. They had this special great love for Eretz Yisrael, which allowed them to get a nachlag, to get an, an inheritance, a portion in the land of Israel. So it's a great praise it's like we give over the love that we have. I know my great-grandfather, Yosef Yitzchak Shreizen, who my son is named after, my baby Yosef Yitzchak. He's buried in Eretz Yisrael. He's buried in, in uh, Kfar Saba. And he had a tremendous love for Eretz Yisrael. He came here in the 30s 
My grandparents ended up in New York. They had lived in Eretz Yisrael at that time, and then they ended up not being able to make it financially. They ended up in America, and then... But there was always a love. There was always a consciousness in my family, my grandparents, my parents, for how important Eretz Yisrael is, how important it is to live in Eretz Yisrael. The cusp of Geula, we're, we're at the... At the cusp, what do you do when Mashiach is about to arrive? You move to Eretz Yisrael, this is where you gotta live. And that love, that sense came, I know it came for me, from my parents, my great-grandparents, and it's so important for us to be aware of that, and to think about that, and to give that Yerusha, that inheritance, over to our children. That that's where we belong. That that's where we're headed. That that's the place that we want to be. And it might be that we have to, you know, I, I, I told my father, my father likes to talk about Eretz Yisrael. He goes in the summers to have his store in the Catskills in upstate New York, but he's here the rest of the year, my parents. I said, he likes to tell people, you know, Eretz Yisrael, you got to live in Eretz Yisrael. And I said to him, you know, a good mushroom maybe you could share with people is that when the, when the Rebbe comes in to give a shir, when the, when the rabbi comes in to give his sermon or whatever his, his uh, lecture, so, does everyone come in? Does the class come in after the Rebbe walks in and sits down? Or is everyone there before? It's appropriate. It's respectful that before the Rebbe comes in, before the person who's giving the lecture walks in the door, everyone's already inside of the, uh, uh, of the hall where the lecture is being given. And it's the same thing. Mashiach, who wants us to be here. We need to be in Eretz Yisrael. We need to fill the hall so that the, the, the Rebbe can arrive. Now let's go on. I want to understand, and, and soon we're going to understand, what is it that the women, why was it that the women didn't partake in the Egel? They didn't, they didn't partake in the Chet of the Meraglim. They had a special love for Eretz Yisrael. Why did they have that, and the men didn't have that? And perhaps we can see from the following measures. Now Moshe Rabbeinu brought the question in front of Hashem directly, as it were. And the question that we could ask is, didn't Moshe know the halacha? He had been taught everything already. On our Sinai, he received all of the Torah. Why, why didn't he have the answer for them right away? Why did he need to ask Hashem? The Medjur says that we find that there are those who say that this was something that Moshe, Hashem had intentionally caused Moshe to forget the answer to this question so that he would be humbled. They were righteous individuals who had become haughty. Of course, this is on a righteous person's level, right? Let's, let's be clear. The righteous don't become haughty like we become haughty, right? It's on a very darkest level. It's a very fine level. They became haughty in regards to a matter of a commandment. And Hashem weakened them to teach them a lesson. Now listen to this. This is amazing. First we're going to talk about David HaMelech, King David, and then we're going to talk about Moshe. At Moshe She'omer David, Zmira Sayuli Chukecha. King David said something which Hashem was upset about. He said that your statutes for me were like songs. What's the, what's the problem? Song, beautiful song. The tire is a song. What did he mean? What he meant to say is that the Torah is is easy for me, and and I 
It's just like I'm always walking along and singing. I'm always humming a tune. Tunes are always in my head. David Melech was a was a singer. He was a composer. He was a, a a songwriter. He always had music in his head. Just as easy as that is, the Torah is also sweet and easy for me. But he shouldn't have said this. Hashem said, I'm, I promise you, you're going to make a mistake. In the Torah, you think it's so easy? It's not so easy. It's not something that just comes to you without siyata deshmai, without heavenly assistance. When he returned the Aaron that had been taken by the Plishtim, by the Philistines, and when he brought back the Aaron from that place, the Ark of the Covenant, he made a mistake and he put it onto a onto a, 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 an agala, a, a carriage, a wagon. It was a brand new wagon, but it was wrong. It was wrong to do that because, as the Pasuk says, it needs to be carried by human beings. But What happened? The Aaron floated in the air, and the, the cows that were pulling the wagon, so they pulled out the wagon from beneath the Aaron, from beneath the Ark. It was hanging in the air. It looked like it was going to fall. Karav Uzzah Uzzah went to try to support the Aaron so it wouldn't fall. And Uzzah was killed. Because you're not allowed. He was, I think he was a non-Kohen. And you're not allowed to hold the Aaron itself. You had to hold it by the uh, the Badim, by the the, the, I want to say the sticks or the branches, the, the, the poles, that's the word I'm looking for, the poles, they have to be held by the poles, you can't touch the, the iron itself directly. When you make a mistake in learning, it causes a terrible mistake, it, it, it can cause someone's death. David was very upset that Uzzah had been killed. You said the Torah is so easy, David. I just know the Torah easily. You forgot the Pasuk. It's a Beferish Pasuk. It's an explicit verse. In Bamidbar, in Numbers, chapter 7, verse 9, it was held on there by people. It can't be held by a wagon. And really, it doesn't even... It's not held... <laughs> it holds them, right? The Aaron is nice as nice of. The Aaron carries those who carry it. It's very interesting. What's this? Why Why does the lesson of David's mistake come about through this? Through the Aaron. Through the through the Ark of the Covenant. So it is a very deep thing here and it connects back to the Benais Tzalafchad as we'll see. Because I'm not going to read this part but Moshe Rabbeinu made a similar mistake. He had told the judges, anything that's difficult should come to me. All the difficult issues, halachic issues should come to me if you can't resolve them. And so they brought, the Benes Lavcha brought him a question and he couldn't resolve this question. It was a simple answer, but he didn't remember the answer to teach him a similar lesson. But what's the lesson? The lesson is very deep, my friends. Listen to this. It's very deep and it connects back to Eretz Yisrael and what it means to come into Eretz Yisrael and what the women understood intuitively that the men 
fail to understand. And that is that the Torah, the Torah is not something that you carry. It's a light thing. It's an easy thing. It's easy to learn Torah. It's a beautiful thing. It's, it's sweet. It's, I'm singing the words of the Torah all the time. Don't make such a mistake. If you understand the Torah and it's easy for you, or you have a connection to Torah, don't think it's you. You gotta remember it's easy and it's light because the Torah is carrying you, not because you are carrying the Torah. The Torah is carrying you. That's why it's sweet. That's why it's light. David Amalek, by saying Zmir Kacha, it's it's like a song. It, it's it's me carrying the Torah. How this sweetness comes. It was a mistake in who's carrying whom. David made it seem like from his words that he was carrying the Torah, and that was the mistake. Was that the the Aaron needed to be carried? It didn't need to be carried. It carries the people who carry it. Moshe Rabbeinu made the same mistake. Again, I understand that this is all on a very fine level. It's not like our mistakes. It's not like our guy. It's not like our haughtiness. This is a very, very fine thing. But we have a lesson to learn from it, which is why Chazal are teaching us this. The, the women understood something that the men didn't understand. The women understood on a very uh, emotional level on an intuitive level, right? Women have a bini yasir, they have an extra intuition. Why did they make a mistake when it came to the egel? The women get, didn't get involved in that. What do you mean? Moshe's not here, he didn't come. He's not coming. Let's make an idol. The women didn't fall for that line. It didn't, didn't feel right. It can't be. Hashem brought us here and then killed our leader. It just can't be. The women on an intuitive level knew the Torah, which is also what has to do with the eagle, right? The, the Torah coming down, Moshe Rabbeinu bringing down the Torah. It's being brought by Hashem. It's being given by Hashem. Let's let's hold on a second here. We're not getting involved in our own beliefs of how we access the Torah, how we access the relationship with Hashem, who's going to be our new leader, all these things. Hold on. Back off. The woman intuitively knew something is amiss. Let's not get involved in this mistake of the eagle. And also the Maraglim, the women intuitively knew. What are they talking about? We can't, we can't go into Eretz Yisrael. There's not Parnasa there. There's not a good Chinuch there, like people imagine, which doesn't make any sense because the Chinuch here is better than anything in, in, in Chutz Laaretz. The women don't buy that line. The women don't buy that line. This Maraglim business, it's, it's ridiculous. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, intuitively, they know it's Hashem who's carrying us. It's Hashem who's carrying us. It's Hashem who's carrying us. It's Hashem who's teaching us the Torah. The woman understands something that the man doesn't understand. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't remember this halacha. The women had an intuitive understanding of what it means to inherit the land of Israel. And that it's accessible. And it's possible. Why? Because Hashem said so. Hashem said, come, live in Eretz Yisrael. It's possible. You can do it. You can do it. The Benai Slavcha knew. They knew intuitively. And we all, if we access that intuition, know it intuitively. We need to follow our intuition. Just as the women did in those times, so too we need to do that in our times. I want to bless you. I ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us that we should be able to access our intuition, to understand the deep, 
such a deep idea to understand it, that Hashem is here with us. Anything that we accomplish is His. Any Torah that we learn is His. Anything that we accomplish if we live in Eretz Yisrael, it's because He is giving us the success. Any Parnasi that we have, it's Him. With that understanding, Hashem should help us to be able to take action and do that which we know intuitively is right. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.